Need someone to write five books in a row? I've got just the guy for you. Welcome to episode 10 of the Echoes from the Rifts podcast. My name is Chris Perrin, and I am the Oracle, peering through the mists of time to tell you what's coming up from Palladium Books. Well, today in episode 10, we're going to have the second part of my interview with Carl Gleba. Now, if you thought some of the stuff that he was doing in Minion War was cool, just wait and see what he's talking about doing next. I've also got my very first letter to the show from I Am George in the forums. Uh, he wants to talk about continuity in the backstory of the Rift setting. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I had a conversation with Mark Oberly about this topic, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what we talked about. But first, as always, let's talk about the news and what's going on in the world of Palladium Books. So pulling up the most recent press release, there is a whole bunch of books coming out. It seems like every time a new press release comes out, there are more and more and more books coming out, which is always great. So again, we've got the uh, Robotech, uh, the Macross, and the Master Saga. I think last time I said that there were two Macrosses, and that's because... Uh, I can't read, I guess. Also of note, the Rifts Anthology, Tales of the Chi-Town Burbs, are coming out, which Braden Campbell was the editor of, and he talked about that in a previous episode. Dival has been pushed back a little bit, but it will still be coming out fairly soon. Rifter 44 is on schedule for October. And also, Kevin talked about a special Project X that he was going to reveal at Gen Con. So like the good podcaster I am, uh, I emailed him and asked him if I could cover the event for the show. We talked about what's going to happen with that, and if at all possible, I will be at Gen Con covering the release of Project X. It's very exciting. I took a guess at what it was and was told I was wrong, but I'm very excited to see what that's all about. If it came from the mind of Kevin and Eric Wujic, you know it's going to be a lot of fun. The other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick is Gen Con is coming up. The best four days in gaming, according to their website. Uh, Gen Con will be from August 14th through the 17th. If anyone gets the chance to go, I highly recommend it. It is a great gaming experience. Gamers come from all across the world to sit down uh, at a table and play the games they love, to talk about gaming, to discuss gaming, sometimes to argue about gaming. Uh, It's just a lot of fun. I'm going to be there. I've got several hats I'm going to wear, literally in some cases. I will be representing this show at Gen Con. I'm also going to be selling... Uh, my own game called Messiah at the con. Uh, I don't really like to do a lot of shameless plugs for my own products, but I thought I'd mention it just once. Uh, And my friend is also doing a game called Empire of Dust, which is also a shameless plug. What I really wanted to talk about at Gen Con was, like I said, it's a great four days of gaming. So if any of you out there are listening to the show, uh, you like what you hear, I want you to come game with me. I'm going to bring a digital recorder and I would like to schedule some time in what's called the Games on Demand, or God Room. Uh, you can go, it's just a price for the price of one generic ticket, which I think is maybe three bucks this year. 
you can sit down for four hours at a table and throw down some dice, and I would really like to play Riffs. So if anybody out there is interested, I will have more information when I talk to the people at the Games on Demand or God Room. I just, I really like to get everyone together. I like to record it, uh, and I'll put it on the feed so that everyone can hear just how much fun you can have playing Playdame games. There are a lot of actual play recordings out there. Uh, Playdame games are very underrepresented in actual play. So if we, can, if we can get together, if we can have a wild game and really do some crazy things, I think it can only help promote the game. I also would like to get some more user submissions while I'm there at Gen Con. So if you've got some ideas for something you want to do, there was some idea of maybe doing a podcast serial. I'd like to get some voice talent, maybe just to do some Rift-related skits. But I'll be there. Look for me. I will be at the Ashcam front booth. I'll also hopefully be spending some time at the Palladium booth, uh, just talking to Kevin. So the long and the short of it is, Gen Con is a great experience. I hope everyone comes out. And I hope you look me up so that we can we can do some gaming. And if you're not sure that you want to be recorded for the show, I perfectly understand that and would just love it if you would come. Uh, tell me what you do and do not like about the show, and, and maybe we'll, we'll play a couple games that we won't record. Just There's never a bad time to play Rifts or Heroes Unlimited or Robotech, so that's that. Okay, when we get to the first letter to the show that we've gotten. This came from I Am George off the forums. Uh, he had suggested that maybe people write into the show, and I told him that uh, if he were to write in, I would be more than happy to discuss the topic of his choice. I encourage everyone who listens to send in your questions. You can ask me if I don't know the answer, and there's always a good chance that's true. I certainly know who to contact and who to bring onto the show so that we can get those questions answered. So this one came from I Am George, and he says, Okay, I have something to say concerning the game Rifts. I love the game and have played it for many years. I love the concept of the post-apocalyptic universe. The only problem I have with it is that the backstory of a lot of the books doesn't have a lot of continuity. It would be interesting to have something that would tie all of the books together better. So the tack that I wanted to take on I Am George's email, and by the way, thank you very much for sending this in, but the the place where I think I Am George is going with this is across the books, while the backstory of what happened up to the point of the apocalypse is fairly tight, in my opinion, once you start looking through all the books, there's not always the strongest meta plot or, or threads, plot threads that tie them all together. Uh, you know, in some of the cases, like, say, the, some of the Tolkien books, for instance, obviously you've got a pretty strong meta plot thread going through there. If you, when you look at War Against the Coalition, I mean, that's, some of those books are fairly well tied together. But if you look at some other games, like, say, Arsno, and in my opinion, Madhaven also, they're more standalone. And the game world that they present doesn't tie into the overall Rift's storyline as well as some others. So I called Mark Oberly, uh, who is a f- freelance writer for Palladium, and got his thoughts on this topic. And he was kind of talking about the fact that really this is a good thing and was more than likely done 
on purpose. I mean, if you look at some of the books, it is good that there's a, a storyline and it's moving forward. But at the same time, if Riffs puts out books, this was his argument, certainly not mine, uh, but I, I, that's not to say I don't support it, it's just I want to make sure he gets credit for it. If you have books that do not follow the overall storyline, so they go off and do their own thing. Like on the show, Jason Richards talked about the fact that Arsno was sort of isolated, sort of an island unto itself. And Mark's point was that this is a good thing, because it gives you a place to start. You know that if you pick up Arsno, that you don't necessarily have to know everything that's gone on up until that point in the Rift universe. You can start playing techno wizards, fighting vampires, you're playing Rifts, you're getting immersed in the world, but you don't have to know everything about it. The world of Rifts is huge, verging on gigantic, verging on gargantuan, and it's hard. It's hard for me to know everything that goes on, and, you know, I try to stay current because I do the podcast. So to know everything that's going on is a challenge. It's a challenge for veteran gamers and for newbies alike. So if you're just coming to Rifts and you start off picking up a book that's a little more isolated or, or puts a little less burden on knowing the history of Rifts, you've got a place to start. You've got a toehold into this very expansive, very cool universe. And when he said that, it made a lot of sense, because one of the things that Rifts is known for is having this storyline that it advances through each one of the books. So sometimes it is kind of nice to be able to take a breather, to sit back, to see what's going on in the other part of the universe. Not everything has to follow the war against the Coalition, against you know users of magic and DBs and all the, the good-slash-bad guys out in the universe. It adds, in my opinion, it adds a depth to the overall Rifts world that not everything is dominated by a few warring city states. Other people are living their lives, and it's interesting to see these other glimpses of things that are going on. I don't know if that helps, I am George. I think that after talking to Mark, it, it kind of became a little bit more clear, and after I examined it a little bit more, I'm very happy that every now and then a book comes along that doesn't take the plot forward necessarily but just kind of gives me some adventure seeds the more I think about it the more I've decided that if I started up a group that had never played Rifts before I might actually take them out to a more isolated area where they don't have to be familiar with everything that's happened up to that point I can then use some GM tools to filter in some information and kind of bring everyone up to the point where they kind of have the idea of who the major players are and then go ahead with bringing in some of the more the larger story elements you know that that's what I I believe that's how I would start off a new group uh, actually when I was preparing for the show it reminded me that in one of my conversations with Kevin he talked about how one starts riffs because it is this huge thing and he gave a pretty good answer to that and I believe I'll use that as the interview segment in episode 11 which I promise I will get to before Gen Con come heck or high water that is plenty of me rambling I feel so I am going to turn this over to my interview with Carl and I'll be back after that 
Okay, so moving on, after you get done with Mini Noir, I'm assuming you're going to take a really long nap because uh-huh. you probably haven't slept in you know months. Um, and then you've got two more books that you're thinking about doing after that? Oh, I've got uh, bunches of ideas. I'll probably take the summer off. I'm hoping to get um, Mega with some Flames done in the next, if not by the end of May, by the end of June. So by the time my, my, my vacation comes for my day job, I can just not even write. I would like to really work on uh, Mechanoid Space next. Cool. Tell me about Mechanoid Space. Well, those are just all ideas percolating in my head. But, gotcha. Uh, the, um, the whole mechano- me working on Mechanoid Space came from um, one of the open houses. I believe it was the 2007 one. Yeah, it had to be. You know, Kevin, I was talking about Kevin. We were going to his place to pick up the food for the um, the feasting and stuff. And he's like, you know, so, Carl, now that we got some time, you know, what do you want to do after the Minion War? And I'm like, what the hell? You know, I got nothing else. I'm like, I'm like Kevin, can I help you with mechanoid space? And you know, he was driving, and I, you know, it's a good thing we were in, like heavy traffic. I would have sworn he would have slammed on the brakes and looked at me. And he goes, "That's an absolutely great idea." And he was like, I, "I love it." He goes, "Go for it." So I more or less got his, you know, his approval on it. I'm kind of already kind of writing ideas down, and I wrote up a a Ripter submission way before I even asked him. You know, kind of like updating a lot of the OCCs to current Rift standards and coming up with some equipment and gear, kind of like trying to make it all level with Rifts right. instead of a, a template. So I've got some stuff already written. I just need to come up with a really good outline and submit it to Kevin. And, you know, when he has time, we're going to sit down and, and you know, talk about how Mechanoid Space should be presented to the fans. And um, I really need to get what Kevin expects. Um, Kevin clearly has a vision of Mechanoid Space. So while I have ideas of it, I want to write what he expects, what he envisions, because I think that's what the fans are going to want. And, Do you uh, think that's a different challenge, writing something where he has probably a clearer vision of what he wants than, say, Minion War, which was largely an idea of your creation? Um, I don't think it would be that difficult, and, and kind of that's how Hades evolved. When I told him I was writing Hades, he actually told me that his the filers traveled to Hades. So Kevin already had some preconceived notions about how Hades should be. So he shared them with me. He was Carl, I, I envisioned this of Hades, which was essentially the um, um, the Scorch Lands, where the gargoyles are. He goes, I, I pictured it as a, as a desert land with buttes and bluffs. And, you know, we kind of got talking about it. I just took all of what he expected, and I incorporated it into Hades. So that was really easy to do, and, and he was happy with the results. I'm going to do the same thing with Mechanoid Space. You know, he's going to give me direction saying, you know, Mechanoid Space to me was like, at first I'm thinking maybe it's kind of like a phase road setting where humanity's out in the stars, there's more races out there, then boom, the Mechanoids are back. But maybe it could be that we go back to the old Gideon E series where humanity's almost on the brink. You know, the Mechanoids are everywhere. So we need to see where Kevin wants to go with it and then go from there. Gotcha. And after that, you're looking at doing elemental planes? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of been, um, been biting at me for a long time. Um, back when I had the idea of doing Hades, right after Megaverse Builder, I wanted to do a book of dimensions. Actually, that's what Megaverse Builder started out as. I wanted rules for creating dimensions, and I wanted to do like four or five static dimensions. I wanted it to be a bigger book than what Megaverse Builder ended up being. 
that Hades got too big, the Megaverse Builder got too big, so I had to split it up. Well, Elemental Planes was part of that. So I said, okay, I'm going to save this for a book for later. I got a whole bunch of ideas on already for the Elemental Planes, I think. Uh, cool, and, and I'm sorry, I should know this. Is that a plane in fantasy, or is that Riss? Elemental Planes? Yes. I don't really think it's been all that elabor- much elaborated on. It's actually been, I see, more in Palladium Fantasy because certain, like the Warlock OCC deals with elementals. So that originated from Palladium Fantasy. Um, they did finally do like a Rift crossover, like from the conversion book. So I, I can see the elemental planes meshing with Rift's Earth just fine. So... Um, so it could be written more generically as in this is a place that both your Rift's characters or your Plane and Fantasy characters can get to. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I don't know if you've noticed it from reading Hades, but what I try and do is I try to appease the fans. I, I try to include MDC stats, if it's applicable, and SDC stats. Cool. Because, you know, the conversion book was a good idea and all that stuff, but I don't, as a GM, I don't want to do any extra work. I don't expect the fans to go out having to do any extra work on, on my behalf from a monster I created. So I can usually pretty easily come up with the SCC equivalent stats, which Kevin will adjust as he sees fit. So <laughs> I would I would do the elemental planes just like Hades and, and Deval. I would provide both of the stats. Gotcha. Okay. It sounds like you've got a pretty full plate for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there'll be a, a big break this summer, and then, but I'll probably get the you know, itching back to writing, so I'll... Gotcha. I'll probably be putting ideas on even when I'm on vacation. Okay. Um, well, that's... That's a pretty impressive workload, if you really sit back and think about it. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, and my philosophy is, I want... These are things that I would want as a player, or, or I actually, I want myself. So I'm like, well, I'm going to write them. Right. If nobody right. else is going to do them, I'll do it. If you had your choice of anything, what what would you write? I mean, obviously, you, you told Kevin that you wanted to do Mechanoid Space, but is there one book, regardless of Palladium or not, that you'd want to write? Um, you know, I, I, I've kind of thought about this on and off, and if Palladium had the license for it, I'd love to try, like, like a Doctor Who. The whole time travel and the weird stories behind that just intrigues me. Interesting. I, I, that would work pretty well in the Palladium system. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would require a lot of research because um, I know they already have the time travel rules and, and some of the TMNT books, and you know they might need to be you know updated and, and worked on for the current crop of books. But it'd be awfully hard to write a book like that, though. You know, you're, you're, the time lords themselves are so ungodly powerful and knowledgeable. I don't even know if they'd be relegated NPCs. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, I'm not sure you could do Doctor Who, Doctor Who, but you could mm-hmm. probably do some sort of time travel game like mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. I've always been into, like, the time travel and, and especially dimensional travel, like the old Slider series used to be on. I used to watch that. Yeah, nice. Quantum Leap. and. Yeah. Did you see Journeyman? I, I did. And, um, did you like it? Oh, I, I actually, I, I found it very I'm, – I'm, I loved it. I did. I, I didn't think I'd like it when I watched the first episode, but I'm like, wow, this has got some pretty interesting plot lines. And uh, I don't know if they canceled it or if they're going to do a second season with it, but I hope they do more with it. Canceled. Was canceled? Uh, yeah, it was the most expensive uh, series they had in terms of purchasing advertising time, wow. and really the ratings just weren't anywhere near what they thought they should be. <laughs> wow, figures. 
So let's talk a little bit about your writing process then. So you, it sounds like your first book was kind of, I don't know, a lark almost. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, hey, this is something I want to do. So yep. you went and did it. Yeah, I had, um, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I had no writing style. I had, I had nothing really established in, in how I do anything. Um, I knew the basics of, of writing and making an outline, which is what I did. And um, it really started out as a small Richter submission that just ended up getting too too much too big. I think actually, if I recall correctly, I think I actually did send it in at one point, but I found out that Marianne and, and Kevin, when they were married, were going to be at a convention near me in like two months so at the time i was relatively new to the, to the message boards and i asked her i said you know if you're going to be at this convention can i hand you a manuscript idea and she said yeah sure so i had two months to more or less meet the requirements which was they wanted like a full 30 pages of completed material and outline and everything so um i really expanded upon my ripter submission from there and then I got the approval, and I'm like, wow, they wanted an actual book. So the first book really had no no form to it in terms of uh, an outline. Just, just I said, okay, I want to do this, this, and this, and this, which was describe a bunch of solar systems, a bunch of equipment, and a bunch of stellar anomalies. And then starting to get uh, – the only reason I wrote Megaverse Builder is because I'm like, I'm going to sit here and, and pull my hair out waiting for Platon to get back to me about three galaxies. So i got to keep busy. So I had the luxury of sitting down and saying, okay, how would I approach this logically? I want to write this book. You know, how do I want to come up with my own writing style? So I started again with the, the outline, and the outlines always had my major ideas for each section. So I would make those individual, like, um, folders on my computer and then just go and start writing about them. And um, sometimes you have to go in and change things around. But I, I like to be very organized when I write because with role-playing books, you can jump around. It's, it's nice. You don't have to write like a story like from beginning to end. You know, A lot of people say they get writer's block and to work on multiple projects. If I get writer's block, I can go to another section of the book because chances are it's different enough that I can get ideas and write about it. And um, kind of like what's nice is when you start writing, when you get in the zone, that's like when the ideas start to flow, which is really what happened with them. Um, when I was writing about center, you know, as I was writing it, questions were popping up. I'm answering them, and and I was writing faster than I'd ever written. You know, I I oh, it was amazing how that was that came out. Basically, I kind of like every so often I'll do like a check, um, put all my work together, and see you know how am I doing you know lengthwise. You know, is it going to be a big book, a little book? And then usually once I get it done, I hand it off to one of my really good friends who I've been gaming with for a long time, and he methodically goes through it looking for all my idiosyncrasies, which he's he's picked out in the last couple of books, you know, um, repetitive words and phrases, grammar, spelling. And then when he's done with it, I'll put the book away for a couple of weeks, and then I'll go through it myself again, and I'll be able to, because when you write, you get really, really close to it, and you can't see a lot of things because you're blinded by your own you got tunnel vision, and if you put it away for a little while, like when I came back to Armageddon and living, like, wow, I can't believe I wrote this, and I found, you know, a bunch of things that I fixed. So that's kind of the process I evolved with. Nice. So where do all your ideas come from? 
Uh, various places. Usually, when you sit down and write like one idea, um, as you're expanding upon it, sometimes I'll just ask questions and say, kind of like Hades, you know, I'm writing about, uh, well, if there's no rain in Hades, is there any kind of precipitation? Well, it says the elements are reversed, so it must rain something, so maybe it rains fire. I'm like, okay, cool, it rains fire. I'm like, well, wait, now I got an idea. You know, from rain we have tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis, all kinds of nasty weather. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, I can expand on all those like versions of fire. And like that's like how the whole weather thing evolved. And then like a friend of mine was telling me about volcanoes and, you know, because there's going to be a lot of sulfur, a lot of gas. And he goes, yeah, did you know that, you know, this gas can kill a lot of things and it's, but it's invisible and you can't see it. It's like, oh, cool, I can include those things in Hades because there's going to be a lot of volcanoes and a lot of lava and a lot of this. Another idea I got was like looking at like um, Old Faithful, the geyser. I'm like, oh, what if you had like a fire version of that? And that could be like another hazard. And it really kind of like depends on what I'm writing on. It's like where all the ideas come from. You know, like for mechanoid space, I'm going to be looking at a lot of the mechanoids and thinking, thinking, you know, how can I take this particular mechanoid and either make it more vicious or what can I do that's different? You know, and I got some ideas for like the mechanoids just saying, you know, each mechanoid is an individual entity, but what if a couple of mechanoids teamed up and like what if they were able to like link their bodies and form like an even bigger, more powerful mechanoid? which is one of the ideas I have. And who knows where that idea might evolve from, you know, when I start writing it. Gotcha. Wow. So for people who want to submit their own work, what uh, advice do you have for them? Well, definitely uh, practice. Uh, I, I've, I can actually see an improvement from my old writing up to now. Um, you really have to practice at it. And, and work at it and and be consistent about it. You know, I've, I've got a couple of friends who I try and get them to do more writing and more submitting to Palladium, but um, they're busy guys. They do a, like a, a lot of different things. So for me, I like to work on one project to its completion, where they might work on several projects. Some people can do that. Some people can multitask. I can't. So I just say, like, stick to one project, write it, finish it. Um, and And don't underestimate yourself. You know, you never really know what your potential is until you, you put yourself up to it, you know. I, I see if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Stephen King, you know. I'm not a, a Bill Coffin or, you know, C.J. Carella, you know. I'm just like a gamer like everybody else. And, you know, just give it a try. Even even Richter, give it a try. You know, it's, it's so rewarding. There's nothing like seeing your name in print. Yeah. You know, and I, I can only, I'm not a father like you, but I can only equate it saying, wow, this is my child. Look what I've produced. Although I bet your writing doesn't splash water all over the floor in the middle of an interview. No. <laughs> no, but it, it just lies there too. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have a life of its own <laughs> and, unless somebody else puts life into it. <laughs> well, I think you've done a pretty good job of putting uh, life into your writing. So oh, it, you. it's definitely uh, – it's always really amazing to, to read what you've got. I, I like all your books. Oh, thank you. Well, we'll see how the whole minion war pans out and then see what the fans think of me. Well, if it's as good as, as the way you describe it, I think there's a lot in there that's going to be a lot of fun to read. That's good. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, I, I look at it this way. There's books out there that, 
you know, I might not find all that interesting, but there's always a piece of it I find interesting enough that I can glean ideas yep. off of. Yep. And that, that's what game masters need is you know, more food for thought. All right, sir. Um, I think that is what I had for you. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts you want to uh, sign off with? Uh, well, buy the bidding war and buy it in bulk. Right, right. Uh, buy it for all your friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, just, uh, you know, if you really have the urge to write, try it and submit it to the Rifter. And don't be discouraged if you don't hear it back from Palladium right away. They get a lot of submissions. Work on your next submission, and then work on your next one. You know, eventually something will catch their eye. And um, if you're trying to submit something, try and make it different and unique. Make it for, you know, obviously like Rifts is the biggest system out there. Try and do something different, like Palladium Fantasy or nice. Heroes Unlimited. Um, but give it a try. Cool. That works. Thank you, sir. Not a problem. Sharper than a vorpal sword, faster than wired reflexes three, harder than 7D of knockback, and prettier than a glitter boy. It's RPGpodcast.com. Get all the RPG podcasts you'd ever want to hear. Yep, the man's got a lot of ideas, doesn't he? I really enjoyed talking to Carl in that interview because as he was talking through what he wanted to do, I just I got excited both for the ideas that he was coming up with and man, every time he, he starts talking about a new book, it just it makes me just want to sit down and write my own, which one of these days, man, one of these days. Again, Gen Con is coming up. I urge all of you to attend if you can, and I, I hope that everyone who listens to the show will come up, say hi. I would really like to game with anyone out there who wants to play. I can I can run a game, or if you really want to run something, I'd be more than happy to play, and we'll just throw down some dice and have an awesome time. As I talk to Kevin a little bit more and find out who's going to be at Gen Con, I'll try to talk about that on the next show to give you an idea of what you can expect. But, as usual, when people ask you how you know so much about Carl Gleba, you can tell them you heard it is Echoes on the Riffs. Some of the music tonight was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. This episode of the Echoes from the Wrist podcast is copyrighted Palladium Books Incorporated, all rights reserved. Megaverse, Palladium Books, Riffs, and other titles and names are registered trademarks of Palladium Books Incorporated and are used with their permission. Opinions expressed by the interviewer and the individual interviewed are not those of Palladium Books.